is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This is Fish at the Water. This is Fish at the Water. Hey guys, welcome to the Fish Out of Water podcast. Yeah, what's up guys? Yeah, uh, I'm Ryan. And I am Jeremiah. And today we have... Um, the incredible, the edible, uh, Eric, Eric Voss. Boom. <laughs> hey guys. Thanks for finally having me on the podcast. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Um, yeah. it's great to see. It's great to say the name Voss on here. Yeah. Should we tell your listeners that I, in fact, am the person who you've been avoiding saying my name and bleeping me that's out? Probably, yeah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. pretty good. This is yeah. who it is. I guess that's true. It's since we've always bleeped it out, they don't know who... We've been out. Yeah. And they're probably like, who's this nobody? Why is he such a big deal? Like, why is it just punching down at this point? What do you yeah. mean? You, okay. So here's how we know Eric. Mm-hmm. So we've all talked about how me and Jeremiah used to be on a, a sketch team called Dead Jeans with Jeremiah Stallone. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. Eric Voss was that director mm-hmm. of that team. Yes. And still, still is. Still the director, is. yes, right. of Dead Jeans. Still directing me and our dad jeans cohorts mm-hmm. the very very funny dad jeans yeah they're great and so that's how we know him mm-hmm. but he also does a lot of other things right. he's on a sketch team doesn't uh, have to be this way right which mm-hmm. is a great sketch team with the amazing dan torson <laughs> and the amazing dan bannis past guest on yeah Shadow water bannis has been on this um you do improv as well Yes. You're on a herald team at io what's wheelhouse 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 yeah probably the best <laughs> Herald team at IO, I think. Um, that's very kind of you you're to gonna say. say. You're going to say like Heyday or something like that? Heyday is fantastic. Heyday is but great. There's right? there's a great, great Herald community at IO, and I feel very honored to be on one of the many good teams. Fair. Very yeah, political. Very diplomatic. Yeah, diplomatic. you got to play the game, man. Yeah. Play that game. Yeah, and I don't, you, I don't know if the team's still around, but you were on a Herald team at UCB for a minute. Um, a mess hall team, a mess yes. Hall yeah, team. DeLuca. DeLuca. Is yeah. that team still around, or...? Um, no, we haven't really. I'm still like friends with a lot of the people who are on it, but we don't really do shows anymore. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you've been around the community for a long time. How long have you been doing comedy in general? Um, I moved out to LA about six and a half years ago, and before that, uh, I was doing it in college and high schools. I don't know when I like officially started doing comedy. I feel like I was always kind of doing it, but right. um, yeah, I would say professionally about six and a half years. Cool. Wow. Yeah. You went to the University of Florida, where I went as well, but we didn't know each other. No. Um, Ships in the night. By the way, funny story. It's kind of off topic. I was at City Walk the other day, uh, and I had, uh, during Grinchmas, uh, so it was a couple weeks back, and I had my jacket on, my UF jacket on, just by chance. I just pulled it out of the closet. haven't worn it in a while. A guy stopped me, asked me. Uh, what year I graduated, and I told him I did comedy, and I told him my year, and he goes, "Oh, do you know Eric Voss?" What? And I go, "Eric Voss is yeah, one of my good buddies." And um, I can't remember the guy's name. I took down his contact information, but anyways, I met a general, a mutual friend randomly at a theme park. All that the- is crazy. Yeah. Do you remember what he looked like? Yeah. Okay. So he's a uh, he's an actor. He teaches a uh, at an acting school out here. It, I think I know exactly who it is. Killian? Yeah. Is it Killian? Is his name Jason? 
Yes. All right. Yeah, I know the guy. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's so that's so crazy. It's not Killian. No, it's not Killian. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know no Killians. Oh. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, Jason. Yeah, I did. Um, he was kind of loosely part of the theater strike force improv sketch comedy group at UF. Yeah. Uh, and he was a he was a theater grad student who worked with us. Um, yeah, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Really like super professional and like really got his his shit together. Yeah. He he said, "Tell Voss to email me. We got to get together." Ooh, look at <laughs> hey, look at that! About to break through. I know this is like this is history right now in the making. Yeah. Like I'm, this is the moment people are gonna look back on. Wow, that's where he got his first big break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do a lot of stuff for like I don't know how else to say it, like nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, is that right? Like I see you like on like I is it break maybe or one of those websites doing like Star Wars things? Right. Yeah. I I host a uh, YouTube channel called New Rock Stars, and we yeah we cover all kinds of nerd content, Star Wars and Game of Thrones, Marvel and DC stuff. Um, yeah, I do know a lot of that more than I realized I did when I started writing because uh, I started just writing these scripts for another host who's a buddy of mine named Philip Molina. And um, now I'm, I'm hosting a lot of videos. And some of it is like I kind of have to go back and research and like fake it till I make it. Um, but uh, some of it I realized like, oh, right. Yeah, I did like really get into Star Wars as a kid. And I didn't realize how much I, I how many random names and facts that I, I still remembered. Is this your own channel that you produce? And um, I, it's not my own personal one. I, it, it existed outside of me. Uh, it's, it's like owned by Zealot, which is one of these, um, like media companies that used, it was founded by one of the guys who used to be part of Maker, uh, or one of the founders of Maker split off and, and started this thing. So new rock stars was just kind of like, it was a website and a YouTube channel that my buddy Philip came in and kind of, uh, he built up the YouTube channel into this thing that does these like in-depth analyses and recaps of all this kind of content. So he just kind of brought me into write freelance and then now I'm, now I'm. Moving up in the world and hosting, boys. Kaboom. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I didn't even know that. You're so humble. Yeah, you know. You know try not to talk about it. Dad jeans <laughs> is about you guys. Not, not yeah, about right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I guess let's just sort of move on to uh, picking your brain about how to be funnier. All right. All right, let's do it. You may try. So yeah. I'm going to ask my favorite question that I always promise with is my favorite question. Um, how do you... I need to figure out a better way to ask this question because we always get the same answer, but I'm going to try anyways. How do you generate ideas when you're trying to come up? Like, let's say I was like, hey, man, I just hired you. And I was like, I need 10 sketches by brand new sketches that you've never written by next Friday. How would you generate? What, what, what are some ways that you would use to generate ideas for those sketches? Uh-huh. Well, that would be a very different process than what I normally do when I'm writing sketches, like for my sketch team or uh, for like any sketch classes that I'm taking at the moment. Um, for if it's a very unorganized, sloppy process that requires me to list things and and write things down, which you know every comedian says that they have like. You know, a a notebook that they keep in their pocket or um, a a document on their phone or like a Google Drive or some kind of like spreadsheet or something. Uh, For me, I can't use any of that stuff because it's too hard to 
access or it's just like I have a ton of different documents uh, that I use for like other projects that I work on and they just all kind of get mixed in and I, I will never open up that document. So I use post-it notes and napkins and a dry erase board in, in my house or in my apartment uh, that and I have to write it down. It has to be like in really bad handwriting because that way I can actually take a pen or a marker and cross it out when I've written a draft of it or like erase it when I'm not going to do it. It has to be like a physical motion. Uh, so that that's kind of my process for like order organizing myself. But when it comes to the actual creative side, which I think is what you're asking, like where do I find inspiration maybe? Right, yeah. Um, or I'll, both even, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like all sorts of places. I will say like, it's really like uh, just noticing weird trends like observing um uh common expressions that people say that don't make any sense this is actually something i picked up i feel like from dan bannis because he is a he's like a, a savant when it comes to just like <laughs> recognizing uh uh absurdity and things that we all just kind of take for granted and turning that into like a really funny idea uh like i'm just singing his praises but he he wrote a sketch that i i really loved where it was like uh, to scientists who are, you know, just kind of saying, oh, wow, their their mental capacity is off the charts. And then uh, he just kind of stops and be like, whoa, whoa, wait, what's, is there something wrong with our charts? Like, that <laughs> to him was like uh, a, a golden idea of, uh, and I would have never thought about that. So, yeah, I've been trying to do that. Um, recognizing, I, I don't really write topical a lot unless I'm on assignment to do that. Um, you know, like, I... I respect the people who can do like the the midnight tweets. You know, we all have a couple friends who we're friends with on Twitter, and yeah. whenever midnight, you know, gives out that that assignment of like, you know, uh, say uh, write a, um, a you know uh, action movie titles Five where you words. take out a word, yeah, yeah and it's uh, now a rom com, um, and uh, yeah, but I don't typically write like a Trump sketch or. Um, an Obama leaving office sketch or anything like that. Uh, I would like to see more people write less Trump sketches. Well, more people write less. <laughs> yes. You could just yeah, say, fair. Yeah. You could just say, I'd like to see less Trump sketches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Produces the same result. But he wants more people well, to yeah. all t- ask themselves to yeah. stop writing yeah, some. Yeah. It's, they yeah. were funny for a while, but now I feel like it's just. Yeah. Now it's just sad. It's just beating yeah. a dead horse. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, a really rich, powerful dead horse, but a dead horse nonetheless. For yeah. sure. What's your, uh, so what's your, I guess your go-to style? of? Do you have a favorite type of sketch that you like to write? Not, I mean, obviously not political or pop culture, but. Um, yeah, I kind of go through, I've noticed I go through to like different phases of things I just got, get like really into, like, uh, for a while, it's just going to sound really stupid. I, I just got into like animal sketches for a while. On, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. I realized like three months in a row, I think someone else called me out on it. They're like, last month you pitched a sketch with a horse. This one, it's a dolphin. Like I did one sketch about like a horse who's like. It's kind of like a BoJack Horseman style universe where a horse is just like dating like a human girl and they're all watching scary movies. And because horses are easily spooked, uh, <laughs> the horse keeps freaking out and like galloping around the. Wait, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we did that one. And we, I think I've seen the dolphin one too. And the dolphin one was a, a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld who like 
kind of wants to fuck the dolphin. Because <laughs> they're like really uh, sophisticated creatures I, I who have like yeah. uh, complicated brains. And it's I almost like someone pulling human. a bottle of water out of their pants and trying to like secretly squirt water yeah, into their I, dorsal fin. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Was that you? Yeah, because I was supposed to be like fingering the dolphin's blowhole and then it, it squirts on me. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, it worked great. But yeah, I um, lately, I you know, there is a, I think my biggest thing in 2016 for It Doesn't Have to Be This Way was, like, maybe it's just the nature of the team, but writing sketches that are physically hard for my teammates to pull off, like, force them to get off their asses during rehearsal. And, like, <laughs> it's uh, these complicated physical stunt things that are just, like, fun stage pictures, I think, mm-hmm. like, forcing the director to either open or close the show with it. Uh, like we did a sketch where <laughs> it was like, we're all on a Gravitron, you know, those rides at oh, like yeah. theme parks, uh, where, you know, the centrifugal force pushed us against the back wall and we're like crawling over each other. And then at one point, like we show up, you know, an overhead view of, of all of them where we're like, everyone's laying on the ground now and we have to like walk and act like we're walking on the wall of the Gravitron. So just real tough stuff for them to do and they all hate me for it because I'm like I want people to sweat <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of been my kick right now it's just like trying to write for whatever I think that's my big style of writing it's just like recognizing what the medium is what the assignment is uh, and trying to do my best to write something that will um, set whatever that is up for success I get that You're that's mm. the interesting thing to me about I don't have to be this way is uh, I, I only know the dudes on the team and not all of them but like the difference between the the, the dudes i do know on the team is like they couldn't be more different yeah Voss, banis torson and ben parks uh-huh like you couldn't find four completely different dudes oh yeah and like even the other members you didn't mention are, are super different from those four we have jeremy briggs and leo margul and then uh uh the women on the team uh Taya lux and Janitra Toll, we have two new members, Andrea and uh, Rachna, and they are very different as well. Like, no, there's no redundancies on the team. That's and great. I don't know if that just happened by accident, because I can't think of a time where anyone was kind of like, oh, you're just a poor man's blank, or, you know. Right. Like, yeah, everyone kind of brings something different. That, nice. that makes for a good team, though. It's kind of like in uh, Bossy Pants when Tina Fey talks about, mm-hmm. you know, Lauren michael's mentioning like you need the harvard guys and then you need the um i don't know what the, the chicago the, yeah drunks. the florida the florida rednecks yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you wish. need the goofy plus the smarts mm-hmm. so you have a good variety of of people and i know watching your shows your sketch there's no sketches that you're like oh those are very similar sometimes you get a lot of that with teams but with you guys it's not that case it makes you a better writer you know like yeah. for me like i have a very particular kind of sketch i like to write or a specific process but like i find myself now trying to write a sketch that dan banis would write or a sketch that jeremy Mm. would write uh you know just try to write in their voice because they do things that like you know jeremy always comes in with these very he has kind of like a jim carrey style energy where it's just like my character's just gonna be this guy whose name's sparky and he talks like this and it's like I, you know, on paper, that sounds like garbage to me. Like, I would never write that sketch. But when he reads the draft in the room, it works. And I'm like, there's some some magic to that that I'm still kind of understanding and trying to process. Which I think is part of, like, character. I've been writing a lot of character monologues lately. And I feel like if you just read a character monologue, like, if I just handed you a character monologue, 
like it might not be as funny as if as if I were <laughs> to actually read it, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if that there might be something. There's to a board. I mean, when I was at a particular, I can't remember what sketch class I was in. We wrote character monologues, and it was at UCB in the sketch program. You don't read your own sketches. Right. You hand them off. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a character monologue very much in my voice, and I handed it to someone who was a writer, not a performer, yeah. and read it like it was, you know, like a fifth grader's essay. So it was, uh, yeah, there's something too, like writing for a particular person, of course, because right. they're going to deliver it the way that you hope that they deliver it. And right. I think that's a, that's like a groundlings thing too, to like write a character monologue where it's like, eh, but it's not on paper. It lives on stage and you have to see it. It's, it's like a, an alive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, you watch a lot of groundling stuff, and it just like works. But then when you go home and think about it, it's like, but what was the game of that, or what was the premise of that? I don't know, but I still laughed. I still thought it was funny. It's just this person's energy and and their commitment to this was just super, super funny. So I don't know. There's there's more than one ways to skin a cat, I guess. <laughs> just to put a <laughs> yeah. Tell Bannis to write a sketch about that. Yes, about that scene. Yeah, because I would like to see all the variations of ways to skin a cat. So, what is your least favorite thing about comedy writing? Your le- what? What about um, comedy writing is like hard? Do you struggle with the um, writing part? Who? Yeah, I mean the the actual. I think getting past that first hump i think as you're writing because there's times where i'm writing where i'm just like i'm having a blast right now mm-hmm. uh like once you get in that groove of like i know what the in sketch uh, writing like i know what the game is i have a ton of ideas here i'm having fun writing the dialogue it's kind of like you're improvising in your head yeah and you're like improvising a really funny scene like that's for me fun to do um it's just kind of like getting you know getting the clunky setup out of the way you know like making sure you know figuring out the right setting to place it in the right context and figuring out like the right wordage to reveal the the game or the turn as they say the, the twist uh ooh, ooh. the and game and the turn are the same thing oh no no i did not say <laughs> i did not say they're that not, they're okay. not i would at, assume they aren't right i have i don't some, some they're people not might think they're the same i've been asking what um for I have I cannot for the life of me figure out what the term the turn means. I've been asking everybody. Yeah, I've I think it's the start of the game. It's like the initial reveal of what's Yeah, I think is that like right? a second city thing or an old school kind of wait cuz I never I didn't start using the turn as a term until I listened to like past episodes of this podcast. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> I always say it as like the the reveal or the like the first unusual thing oh, you know okay. like the, i kind of i was trained at ucb as, as a sketch writer right. so that's kind of that's framed all of my uh terminology um but yeah turn but it makes when i hear turn i don't like you know stop and be like what because it it sounds like oh like the turn is the moment where the sketch you think it's going one way and then an unusual thing happens and you realize Oh, this is what this is about. Okay, and I feel like every good sketch should have a moment like that where right. it, it subverts your expectations. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we've been. The first unusual thing, the right where the game is revealed. It's usually the first beat of the game, mm-hmm. typically. 
whenever somebody uses the phrase turn, the turn, I always, in my head, I go, I don't know what that means. And then I nod like I do, and then I refuse to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I ignore all context clues. He just, he literally, you just talked for a minute straight explaining he didn't listen to it. It's like going to a foreign country. It's like, I could, you know, try to learn it, but no, I'm only going to be here for a week. So it's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also wonder if like the term turn is because it's supposed to happen around or by the bottom of the first page. So it happens when you turn the page. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Maybe just some guessing of some uh, etymology here. Maybe comedy etymology. I, uh. As Voss knows, I like to put my first beat on page three, yes. middle of page three. Oh, oh if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, like final line of the sketch. Oh, that's what this is? How was the um, – because I've never done improv or sketch anywhere else outside of L.A., but you have the luxury of you performed and did stuff in Florida. Mm-hmm. What is it like differences between there and here? Is it a huge transition? Is it – more cutthroat here is it more professional here is it you know is it would it be a like if you to make a comparison minor league major league something like that um i wouldn't compare i wouldn't use the metaphor of minor league and major league because i still go back to jacksonville a couple times a year uh which is where where i grew up and uh there is an, a small improv scene there and I, I will go back and do shows with them and i'm surprised how uh, how it has evolved over the years. And now they kind of have a space that reminds me a lot of like the pack or the clubhouse where it's like a back room in a bar and they do long form indie nights there once right. a week. And they're great. Like the, the house team and I've jumped in with them. Their name's Beastwood and they're like super funny. And I told them, I'm like, you you guys are as good as like most of like the, you know, the established indie teams are, or in many cases, like house teams at theaters, um, because they are, everyone's very humble. I think anytime you go outside of the big three and like, you'll go do an improv festival somewhere, everyone there's just like super humble about it. And they're like, yeah, but we aren't like Chicago or LA or New York. And I'll say, I'll look at the quality of their work. And a lot of times I'm like, no, you have to understand you guys are as good. You're in a smaller pond, but the quality of your work is fine. I think as long as you're like you know, especially now that we have access to like great comedy and improv and sketch on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, you can watch this stuff. You can read the UCB book and Truth and Comedy and the, these other books that are out there, uh, and you can kind of like do it from scratch as long as you have someone who kind of knows what they're talking about, giving you notes. That's the thing. I'm, James Mastriani, I know, has done like has he coached a team in like Kansas City? Oh, through like Skype, Skype. yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of people who have been doing that. And yeah. there's this guy in Chicago who's kind of like a legend, I think, to me, because he's a, he's a UF guy named Bill Arnett. And he used to be like training center director at IO, and now he's started his own uh, improv school, uh, the Chicago Improv Studio, I think is what it's called. And he released a book, and he does a lot of like Skype coaching too. And I think it requires the right kind of personality to be able to do that. Like, I think Mastriani and Bill right. are both like very like good note givers and they're very like astute observers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it, I think some people are just kind of have a different energy and that, you know, it wouldn't really work. Yeah. Thousands yeah, yeah. Of miles separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. I would be a horrible improv coach. Yeah. But uh, to your question, Jeremy, I, I think there's not a, 
it, there there is there is a difference in that a lot of the audience that you perform for in LA will be people who have also taken comedy classes who know terms like the game of the scene and maybe the turn I don't know yeah. uh, but they they can kind of see the gears turning uh, because their gears are turning as well in the audience like they mm-hmm. uh, they will laugh at a pattern game uh, opening. Whereas if you try to do a pattern game opening, I know this is improv as opposed to like sketch writing, but if you try to do, uh, which I don't know if your listeners don't know it, pattern game is just a word association opening where you stand in a, in a semicircle and you take whatever the audience suggestion is and you just kind of like will free associate off of it and then try to connect back to that initial thing three times. It's very, it feels like an improv warm-up exercise, but in LA, it's it's kind of like the the starter warm-up that a lot of the, the UCB Herald teams use. And that and itself will get laughs if you can just like make an interesting connection. If I tried to do that in Jacksonville, people would boo me off the stage because they would say, "What is this garbage?" Right? Like they are now at a place where they can do like organic openings and things like that, um, and and kind of appreciate it uh, because like long form is now finally starting to blow up everywhere. But um, I think they still want it to be like entertaining. So that's kind of my challenge when I go back to Florida. Is like. Oh, I can't really make these insidey kind of jokes. Like I have to commit harder because right. if I kind of like play as if like we all know what the move is here, right? They don't know what the move is. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're more surprised by things, and I think it's it's kind of uh, refreshing to play for that kind of crowd. Hmm. Is yeah. the is the like t- um, w- what was your first class that you ever took? I'm assuming it was in Jacksonville or was it at UF? Yeah, it was in Jacksonville. I like I in, in high school I was part of drama club and we would do what we called them theater games. They were just like party quirks. It was the short form improv games that you see on like Whose Line Is It Anyway? And that's what we would do. We would watch Whose Line and just try to do that. But the first real like improv class I took was with that Jacksonville group. And at the time they were called Improv Jacksonville. And then they had to change their name, uh, and now they're called Mad Calford, and that's kind of like mm. the short. I know it's like a pun uh, because the original name of Jacksonville, fun fact, was Calford because it was narrow um, at that point in downtown Jacksonville. Now, where the rivers, uh, where the river is, it was narrow and shallow enough where the cows could ford across the river. Ford or fjord? Well, fjord is different, right? Like that's a like a geological formation in Norway or something. Yeah. It's just no Ford. Idea. Like Ford is an old timey term for like crossing a river. Oh, okay. So they call it Calvert. Like anyway. in Oregon Trail. Yes. Yes. Uh and uh anyways, but I, I took the guy who ran that group is this really funny guy. He's like a lawyer in Jacksonville named uh, John Kalinowski and he uh he did improv with Theater Strike Force at, at UF, and uh, and he told me when I, I was, like, in my senior year of high school, he's like, oh, you're going to UF? Oh, you got to get involved with this group. And then, like, that's the first thing I did. I think before I picked a major, I just showed up to whatever that improv club was at Florida. So, really, I, I took a couple classes in Jacksonville, but um, then I, I moved on to Gainesville, um, Florida at UF, and I just spent four years pretty much just, like, majoring in improv and sketch, even though it's not an official major. That's right. what I spent all my time doing. Hmm. I yeah, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd never even yeah. heard of improv until two thousand. I mean, I I probably heard of it like, but till two thousand seven, and then I saw an ASCAT show, and I was like, ah, hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Well, when we had Carl Tart on the podcast a little while ago, he was like, yeah, he wanted to do comedy, and he thought his the way into comedy was stand up. So that's kind of how he started. the The way I found comedy was through. Uh, there was someone did a sketch um it was really it was like 
um, what was the name? E bombs world. There was something mm. like when E bombs world blew up, and yeah. someone sh- and I researched it, and they shot it in an alley behind the groundlings, and I can't remember what sketch it was. It was huge. Alibon, that sounds like it could be the David Blaine thing. I was with just going to say the same thing. Uh, it could have been the David Blaine. Because that was like E-Bomb's world. That was before YouTube when right. those things The David up. Blaine with, uh, are you talking about with uh, the guy from SNL? With, yeah, Mikey yeah, Day, Mike Day and Mitch yeah. Silpa. And, and the Orange Soda. And yeah, the Orange it. Soda. He yeah. Keeps, yeah, that was a good right. That was a good one. And um, they were like, yeah, they. I read on Wikipedia. It was like, they shot it behind you know, the Groundlings Theater, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what's the Groundlings Theater? So I researched all this stuff. And uh, I was like, ah, so that's how people can you know, do comedy is is through improv and this thing called sketch. Yeah. So it's um it's just interesting to see that there are plenty of places around the country that um do improv. I probably should have thought of looking into a place while I was at Gainesville, but I was like, Nope, I'm going to LA and just yeah. made the jump. He- no hearing that you had no idea what it was while I was in Florida because I like obsessed over that. I feel like we failed in our mission in our because <laughs> our goal was to be like a legit thing at Florida. The way that the Harvard Lampoon is legit in Harvard. We wanted to be the Harvard Lampoon of Florida, you know, and we never even got close. Uh, <laughs> but it's also like my brain was not on I, I had zero. He was playing football uh, for the Gators. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> focus on yeah. those wind sprints. And yep. tackles. Yeah, I just was. It wasn't in my mindset at the time. He was so. just hanging out, doing shots with Tim Tebow. No, yeah. no, I would never. The do one that. shot Tim Tebow did while he was in Florida. Yeah, fair enough. You corrupted him. I did not. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> And I was a walk-on. Tweety always makes it sound like I was a legit player. No, what do you mean? A walk, dude. Okay, first of all, uh, side note from Fish Out of Water podcast is walk-on football players is something I have a humongous passion about. Uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers entire 94, 95, and 97 national championship teams only (laughs) happened because of walk-on players. Walk-ons are the heartbeat of college football, except except for Alabama where they just buy all their players. End of rant. We get back to Tweedy has lit up in the past 30 (laughs) seconds more than he has this entire conversation. We think we know where Tweedy's passion lies. Yeah, we've seen the true He didn't need a printout with questions on it. (laughs) He just questioned the the importance of the walk-on football player. He just ah. saw red looking at these I know, but it shirts was, back here. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, cool. Should we, should we read a sketch? Yeah, let's get yeah, into the sketch. Let's read okay. Also, okay, so this week's sketch I wrote, and it's called um, Donkey Car. And um, I'm going to have Jeremiah read Father. Father and Voss read Jed. And then I'm going to read the stage directions and all the little minor characters. And then one of my overall – I mean, obviously, I want all your notes. But one thing I'm really curious about is because the structure of this one is different than something I usually write. Any notes on how to, like, make the structure of the way it looks on the page better, if you have any ideas. Cause sure. It's, I wasn't real sure how to write this style onto a page. Um, okay. But great. So Donkey Car, Interior House. Jed and his father are sitting around in birthday hats eating cake from Ralph's out of the plastic containers they came in. Well, happy 16th birthday, son. I got you something. Oh, you didn't have to, Pops. I know it's been hard since you got laid off. Well, I couldn't afford that Hyundai you wanted, but I really want you to have something that gets you from point A to point B. You couldn't afford a car. Father goes out, brings in a donkey, which is someone with a saddle on them. I got you a donkey. A donkey? Yeah, I figured you could ride it around. It'll get you to school and back, and you can take Jasmine to the movies on it. Dad, 
I don't want you to think I don't appreciate it, but won't a donkey be like hard to maintain? Just like a real car. You'll learn valuable life lessons. Here, come on, give it a test ride. Jed climbs onto the donkey, he scratches his ears, and we see him grow a fondness for the donkey. <laughs> the montage begins. Um, montage one at the drive-in. Jasmine has her arms around Jed. They're both sitting on the donkey eating popcorn. Jed feeds the donkey a carrot. All three of them love each other. Montage two. At a red light, a hot rod pulls up next to the donkey, revs his engine. Want to race, pussy? I'm on a donkey. <laughs> oh, so you're a scared little pussy, huh? No, it's just I'm on a donkey and you're in a car with an engine. Lights turn green. Car takes off. Pussy! Uh, montage three. Uh, Jed is uh, detailing his donkey with Q-tips. He gets behind his ears, his fingers, and then his asshole. The donkey and Jed <laughs> hug. They love each other. Jed <laughs> brings him a pair of furry or fuzzy dice and ties them around his neck. Montage four. Cop sirens. Cop walks up to the donkey, taps the donkey on the head as if to say, roll down your window. Uh, Jed is visually drunk. Uh, do you know how fast you're going? Well, this donkey doesn't have the speedometer, but I know I couldn't have been speeding. Uh, well, uh, no, you weren't. I'm going to give you a ticket for going 7 uh, in a 65. Please don't ride your donkey on the 405 again. It's very unsafe. I'm sorry, officer. Hey, have you been drinking? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh... Technically, there's not a law against riding a donkey drunk, but please stop doing that. Montage 5. <laughs> um, Jed is sleeping. There is a loud crash. He runs outside. The donkey is all banged up. He looks dead. The dice are laying next to him. Jed runs to him and holds his head in his lap. They look into each other's eyes. No! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't see your donkey. He blends into the darkness. I mean, I wasn't expecting donkey to be parked at the curb, and I... Lights fade. Montage six. A tow truck comes, hooks up to the donkey, and just, like, drags him away. Oh, my God. Uh, montage seven. In auto shop, Jed and his father are talking to a mechanic. Well, the good thing is that his frame was fine. It was just an aesthetic job. Oh, thank God. I really love my donkey. Okay, well, uh, we killed another donkey, <laughs> took its fur, and refurred your donkey. It's as good as new. Uh, the donkey comes galloping out and jumps into Jed's arms, licking his face. They roll around on the ground, hugging. Jed pulls the dice out of his pocket and puts them back around the donkey's neck. They hug again. Uh, don't you think this is a weird behavior? Very much so. I regret buying him a donkey. Blackout. Yay! Donkey fur. Yep. Donkey car. Uh, <laughs> this is great. We should begin by saying that writing a sketch, a complete sketch, is a victory in and of itself, <laughs> regardless of. Uh, no, I mean that. No. Um, so, yeah, what were uh, – do you, like, kind of have any questions or ways you want to steer it? I have a couple thoughts. That I would like to just hear your thoughts kind of uh, on – Uninhibited? Is that the word I'm looking for? Sure, I guess I don't, I don't really... No, yeah. yeah. I want um, to hear your thoughts without any input. I would say, yeah, this is a this is a funny idea, and I like, uh, I like how it plays out. So it seems to me that the idea is, uh, you know, just kind of a parody of that dad buys his son, like, a, a crappy car, 
that the son comes to feel affection for and right. love. And instead, it's it's a donkey. Uh, my question would be, <clears throat> is this something you would want to shoot or put on a live stage? Put on a live stage, and I have ideas on how to do it. Okay. What were your ideas to stage the montage? So a lot of like kind of like lights down, lights up, like real quick and just sort of if possible, maybe like splitting them you know, like one half of the stage and then having like the characters like so the basically the, the donkey and Jed would just have to go from one half to the other half or something mm-hmm. like that. And the donkey um for the guy I wrote because on on our team the guy that I thought would make a funny donkey would be Pat and just putting a saddle <laughs> on Pat's back and then having someone just kind of stand on him without putting all their weight on him, obviously. And just kind of ride the ride pad around. Um, that was kind of my idea. And like for the tow truck thing, is literally just have a long chain that they run out and hook it around Pat somehow, you know, like around him. And then just like the comedy of like him being like completely on one side of the stage and then just everybody trying to drag him across this, like from off stage, like just sort of dragging him across the stage i thought it'd be funny like that is a very funny visual especially if if you know pat you should include like a picture of Of pat Pat. on stage (laughs) and like show notes for this podcast um so in this case i I agree i think putting it on a live stage it would be very uh effective uh especially having someone um like pat play the donkey uh we get into an issue here that i i've been using this term more and more of like the distinction between performance and the premise Okay. And what you just described is a very, like, strong performance end of this. Okay. Uh, my concern with doing that is that the premise of, like, this this sweet kind of familiar uh, rite of passage might get lost. Maybe you could bring that back with, like, picking the right song. Like, maybe if you had, like, mm. music play over this. Like, I'm picturing, like the Budweiser ad where the guy like uh, loses his dog or something like that, or his dog comes oh, right. and then he, or he, his dog dies and then he gets a puppy. Um, I might be mixing like four different commercials here. Um, like some kind of nice acoustic thing or uh, I don't know, some like, uh, wind beneath um, my wings. Something like yeah. That. Or I'm picturing like seventies rock or, um, uh, I don't know the, uh, some Skinner or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think if you wanted to get that idea across, like shooting it would be the best way. It's just hard if you shoot it, like people are like, that's an actor playing a donkey instead of a real donkey. Right. Um, doing it on stage, uh, yeah, I think you would have to like have these more of these moments because reading it right now, it seems like the son, uh, I think at the bottom of page one, he like already starts to feel affection for it, mm-hmm. a fondness for the donkey. And I think that should be something that's, that should be the destination, right? Like that should be right. something he should still start out being real skeptical and like embarrassed to take it out. And I think we should see a moment right away where he like pulls up to school in it, or he tries to pick up a date on a donkey. And then like, she kind of like rolls her eyes at it. Mm. Like, I think more of those uh, familiar beats would help reinforce. Cause I think it's a really funny idea and I don't want to lose that. Right. Um, because I think you don't want the audience just to remember this as like, like Oh, Pat was so funny as a donkey. Like they feel like right. that's such like a children's theater thing. Like I like the donkey, you know? <laughs> uh, right, which right. we all like the donkey. We don't right. want to like, you know, scoff at that. But like, I think there's still like a finer point here that I don't want you to lose. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think the drag racing thing is great. Like, uh, I think that's a great beat. And just kind of calling out, it's like, I'm on a donkey. Like, I can't <laughs> race you. Uh, there's no way. You're in a car with an engine. Uh, the cop pulling him over is okay. Um, I would say that, like, that kind of seems like 
I didn't come up with a better version of that because you don't really see that just kind of seems like anytime someone's in a car and like then you're playing the game of which I think is another issue you get into as the sketch goes on is this a world where donkeys are on the road like what are kind of the rules of this world because right. at the end we have the mechanic saying that he like fixed up the donkey right which that's kind of like it's funny it's just like a different sketch like it's a like there are yeah different rules that's that actually in. one of my big things is i don't like the end yeah i'm struggling to find a better way to end it um i i think yeah. this is a sketch where it could kind of end as like just kind of a sweet moment where he does learn that he loves it or like, which it does kind of have that, like it breaks down on him or it dies. Um, or maybe he's like an old man or something. He passes it down to his son or something like like that. Like just the donkey. Yeah. And the donkey's real old and the sun gets on it. He just like flattens with all four legs splayed out. Um, yeah. Like I think just kind of think about the, whatever that idea is of that sweet montage of like a, a kid, a teenage, a shitty teenager learning that he loves this old crappy. Could it go the way of either like he thinks, well, because you see the, so either the donkey has to die ultimately Mm -hmm. or, or the donkey doesn't get hit by a car, but then you lose the dragging bit. You the donkey doesn't get by a car. He, he runs away for some reason. Um, and then the last beat is the donkey coming back or the dad buys him a new donkey or the the dad yeah. buys him an actual car and he's bummed out for his next birthday, like something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, so what are, what's the normal version of this? The normal version is like, he has the option maybe to buy a new nicer car, but he still chooses is to the, go with his old, like his old, um, where his heart, uh, draws him. So I guess the equivalent of that would be like, maybe he has the option to like, get a fresh new strong horse or something you know oh right uh and then he still decides to go with his old crusty donkey, donkey. you know um yeah and or maybe like he gets a donkey bait like the donkey gets hit by the car and dies and then the and then there's like a it's but it was a, the pregnant, it was the whole pregnant and then the baby it. is salvaged uh yeah i i don't think is there a version of like you can keep part of the car like when a car an old car breaks down you keep the just the dice the steering wheel or the dice yeah but the, the dice was something that the, that the kid added so it's just like the balls like maybe he oh. treats the balls as a and he brings the balls on it i don't know it's getting kind of confusing <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah i think getting either a, a younger donkey or like a, a horse or a car like he can get like a nice car but he decides to keep the donkey right um, so the donkey does get fit like we show the like we show the donkey, we show the mechanic scene almost, but it's not the end. Yeah, I w- I would say, but the mechanic can be like a veterinarian or something like that, or just a cowboy oh, or a rancher or right. something or a farmer uh, who's like, yeah, he has uh, donkey cancer or something, <laughs> something that happens to donkey. I don't know. Right. Uh, he has heartworms. Uh, nothing we could do. Oh, uh, I see yeah. what you're saying. So yeah. make the, the what's the donkey version of a mechanic? Right, yeah, yeah. Because when you make it like a real-life mechanic, like a car mechanic who operates on donkeys, then that changes the rules of the world. Then it's like this is a world where, like, mechanics right. know uh, – are, are used to, uh, like, you know, skinning another donkey and putting right. it on this donkey. Then it's funny. I mean, that's a, a totally different sketch. Right, and it's absurd very, shit. Yeah, and it's great. I think it's okay sometimes, like, in the final beat of a sketch to, like, suddenly introduce a whole new thing in the world. I just think it's, like, it's – you already established something that's very sweet and very engaging of like and very funny of, like, someone playing this donkey. It's a specific game, and I think 
we can bring that across the finish line as opposed to I feel like you should only subvert the rules of your world when you're like out of options. Right. It's like this you gotta just nuke it at this point and just like get it real weird. Here it's like, no, I wanna see this reach its full story arc. Like I wanna see a tearful moment. Where it's like he either passes it down to his son or he decides, like, what's, you know, the heartwarming Budweiser commercial, how do those end? Is This is kind of what it is, right? Right, like he yeah. tries to, like, you sell your, like, you trade in your car for a new car. Right. So he goes to trade in the donkey, but he can't do it. Yeah. And there's, like, a moment where the donkey's, like, looking at him as he's walking away or something like that. Yeah, and it's sweet, yeah. Uh, and people, like, share it after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, uh, you asked about form. I think uh, two things I noticed about form with and the reason I that's why I asked whether you're going to shoot it if you're going to shoot something like there is specific ways that you should write a montage into a script and it's like a lot of people say that you like white space is your friend on the page like don't be afraid of like oh I'm going too long here just like do what you have to do to make it clear so like write a new scene header like okay so the next beat of the montage is going to be um like exterior um side of road day you know and then we're showing the new thing um but put a little like you could do asterisk or two dashes or something to let you know this is like a subheader like kind of an outline format oh right um uh and say like and write the word montage in all caps or like a begin montage and then like colon what this montage is so like uh montage colon jed learns to love his donkey or something you mm-hmm. know uh and then show you know the five scene lits or three scene lits that uh show that process um but on stage it's a little bit different or it's very different. I think you should actually put that in your script so where you don't have to explain people how you would stage it. Like lights up stage right over here, you know, um, it's uh, the side of a highway and a cop walks up. Okay. And then lights down, lights up stage left, uh, it's at the mechanic uh, right. office or office, uh, mechanic shop. Um, and then I would also say, so that's kind of like how I would show the montage and then say what music, like, even specific track, YouTube link, so that you can play it as you're pitching it. Because I'm a oh. believer in, like, try to do everything you can to sell this first draft to okay. the room. Uh, because they're going to, like, shoot holes in it anyway. So right. just, like, write the best version. Like, make it all about the presentation to where they love this sketch, you know. And right. they, they want to, like, give it the best notes possible. They want to fight for it and put it in the show. Um And I think adding all those bells and whistles, you know, why not? Like, uh, I, I think at... I think it's Eric Moneypenny. Uh, I've never taken a class with this. Someone shared this with me secondhand of like, feel free to like write jokes in the uh, descriptions of your scene because it's like win over the people reading it. You know, yeah, don't be afraid yeah, yeah. to like put in little winks and stuff that like, you know, in a character description is just like you make fun of the actor who you know is going to play it. You know, right. like uh, do all that stuff to try to like win over the room. Um, so I think doing that and this is a sketch where you describe like one of the funniest things about it is Pat playing a donkey. Like, write in some donkey behavior. Like, write in a line like Donkey Bray or something, you know? Oh, right. Um, because that kind of stuff, like, otherwise, Pat's just going to sit there silently and someone else is going to have all the fun describing it. Whereas you can, like, put in, so, like, the donkey um, burps, you know, or something. Right, right, or the right. donkey, like, shudders and uh, patches of fur fall off. Like, put in some of these, like, funny behaviors in the description so that, because that's all funny stuff. And it's part of, like, ultimately when you put it on the stage, people right. will laugh at so put it in the first draft too, you know, so that we can kind of visualize that. Okay, that makes sense. That's a good idea. I like that because that's part of it. I think part of what makes it funny. I mean, obviously, I think the premise is the most important part. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, but I also really 
think that it's funny to watch someone ride Pat and to see Pat play a donkey. Yeah. I watched Pat play a baby uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was very funny because he's a giant. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a very tall man. But he's yeah. very skinny and, uh-huh. like, baby-ish, but giant at the same time. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Great. Thank you, man. No, I appreciate you. Great it. Great sketch, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Miss Smith do this. Yeah, it'll be Hopefully. a lot of fun. Hopefully. Yeah. Someday. Um, I hope it gets voted out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, that that wraps up this episode of Fish Out of Water yeah. with Mr. Eric Voss. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. This was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any uh, any last words of wisdom that you would like to give to our millions and millions <laughs> and billions and billions of listeners? Many from many of which are from Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We have some Aussies. Oh, yeah. welcome. All Aussies. 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 There's it's one. A bit like uh, John Lennon saying Aussie. <laughs> there's one. Uh, there's, there's like an Australian prank or radio host who pranks a truck driver. And that's the whenever I go to do an Australian <laughs> accent. That, but he's like, I, I guess, a redneck Aussie. They're called something. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, it's a safety feature on a truck. (laughs) So that's my grounding word is Vegemite. Vegemite. (laughs) Or no. I can't really do the no. No. No is if you can pronounce all eight vowels in the Australian no, you uh you're good to go. Go. (laughs) Or if you're Grace. Eight vowels. Oh yeah, they have every vowel. Like have you heard an Australian person say no? It's but there's not eight vowels. It takes like eight seconds at least to get through it. (laughs) Like different vowels. But I I did live with an Aussie, and when she goes, she goes, no. She does like roll. It's not just no. It's yeah, for, no. no is your mouth makes one shape. <laughs> no, you gotta like move a lot of yeah. stuff in your mouth to to say it right. Or you can, like I was about to say with Grace, um, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Grace is a member of Dadgy. Yeah. Who's Australian? Fucking Who's Australian? oath, like fucking oath. I think is apparently a thing that they fucking say. Oath. Like hell yeah, it's like fucking oath. Um, advice to the millions of listeners. Uh, I don't know. I would, I would just kind of like repeat what I kind of where I kind of left you, Tweety, on the sketch of like the the pitch is everything. You know, like don't uh, sell yourself short and just be like, ah, this is kind of a half baked idea. I'll let everyone else figure it because that's a good way to like get people uh, to try to jump ship from your idea. Like, right. take pride in your ideas, even if you feel like an amateur. Try to write the best version of your thing that you can and bring it in confidently to whatever room or people you're pitching it to because that confidence often will just carry you across. Like if you're someone who seems very excited about your idea, often that's like, I don't know, 50% of the battle of just like, is this person really invested in this? Is this the, you know, do they uh, have the willpower to see this through? Well, then let's spend some time talking about it, you know. Um, it's like, the only reason why I get my sketches in dad jeans. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I, he's, I don't want to fight Jeremy. <laughs> he's going to take me. He's a football player. Yeah, yeah he's a walk-on. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you were the heart, the heartbeat of the There's Florida Gators. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just like, uh, you know, take pride in your work and do your homework and take time to really like – whether it's a first draft or you're pitching something, take time to like write out what you want to say in your pitch, like what your idea is, and like practice it to yourself. Because even if like pitches need to sound like they're off the top of your head, they really very 
few people, I think, can do that legitimately. I think you need to, like, take your time, figure out what your idea is, how to package it, how to sell it, and then, like, treat it like you would any other sale or business deal or commercial enterprise. And, like, you know, uh, I give it your all. Hmm. Great. Thanks, man. Thanks so it. much, Thank boss. you, guys. Oh, yeah. plugs. You got any plugs? What's coming up? Oh, oh, uh, oh. I, uh, let's see. For all the people local to Los Angeles, I, uh, It Doesn't Have to Be This Way is performing on January 22nd at the IO Theater. Um, at 8 p.m., we, we moved up from our normal time slot just for this month. Um, and um, every Tuesday, I perform with my Herald team, uh, Wheelhouse at IO. Very proud of those guys. Uh, and uh, sure, let's plug Dad Jeans, which has a show on the 15th. DJ. Right? Yep. I DJ. won't be there. I'll be in Paris. Um, and then if you are interested in like a, a nerd news and all that good stuff, you may have already seen these videos because some of them have done very well. New rock stars on YouTube uh, for all your uh, in-depth coverage on anything related to Star Wars or any kind of uh, uh, entertainment. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Westworld, all that good stuff. Check it out. Awesome. Nice. Nice. I don't have any plugs. Yeah. I'm not going to be at the show, unfortunately, but go check out Dad Jeans. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, and um, Miss Smith plays it the the same night as uh, usually it's Dad Jeans and it doesn't have to be this way are on the same night, yeah? No. That happened uh, at the end of 2016, I think, because there was some scheduling stuff. Oh, because usually we are the same night as as you as us as Dad Jeans, yeah. yeah. But this month we're not. We're on the 22nd, apparently. In, oh, oh. Yeah. so we're the same night as Eric. Yeah. Ah, all right, Mr. Boss here. Can't wait. Great, cool. awesome. Um, hey, give us a give us a an outline. We need we need like a tagline for our podcast to yell at the end of it. Yeah. Oh. So it's up to you. Yeah. Um, do you ask all of your We're guesses? going to start from now. Yeah. We used oh. to do three-line scenes, and that was shit. Yeah. So um, uh, now we're just putting all the pressure on you. you. To think of something clever. Oh, let's see. Sketch writing podcast. I don't know. Uh, uh, lights? Or, no, that's kind of <laughs> theatrical. Uh, maybe, like, blackout. Uh, Shadow Water had the perfect podcast. Fish out of water, fish out of water, fish out of water, yeah. Like, I'm doing a parody of, like, a really cheesy dad genius sketch that we had in the show. An Uptown City Limits parody, and it's not working because there's too many syllables in yeah, Fish Out of Water podcast. That was perfect. You just nailed yeah. that. That's yeah. it. I'm going to record a rock version of that. I think we found it. You found it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.